Blog Talk Radio. Hello? I am not hearing anything. I think I'm going to have to call back in. Hello? Good evening. Sorry about the technical glitch. This is Raina Starr. Welcome to Desperate House Witches. Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show. So, if bad language, dirty talk, bodily functions might offend you, this is not the show for you. Welcome to Season 10. <laughs> it's going to be a wild one, y'all. With me, as always, first Fridays of the month, the fantastic and fabulous Talison Govannon. Hey, oh, and before I get to Talison, don't forget the Desperate House, which is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible, the utterly wicked one herself, Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios.com. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. So, Talison, how you doing? Hello, I am doing great, and I just want to let everybody out there in Internet land know that if you hear a slight cough from me, I am not sick. I don't have any viruses. I just, uh, let's just, shall we say, I'm, I'm, I'm very high on life right now. Let's put it that way. Oh, shit, you guys know that I smoke weed. I smoked a big-ass roasty bowl. I put in some really terpene-laden <laughs> nugs, and my new bowl has a picture of Han Solo on it from Star Wars. So I was just... Right I was on. kicking out all the stops today, folks. So, Wow. Okay, so yes. anybody who listened to the 415 yesterday, we discussed Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We discussed uh, Amy Coney uh, Barrett, the potential uh, Supreme Court nominee. Um, we did not, however, talk about the president of the United States contracting the coronavirus because we didn't find that out until one o'clock in the morning. Uh, right. So we, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Towson, take it away. <laughs> well, you know, I just want to say that I don't know anybody out there who's like feeling like I am right now. It's, it's odd. Last night when I heard the news and found out what was going on. I just felt lighter. It was almost immediate. It was like it was like I'd been carrying 50 pounds of wet garbage on my back, and all of a sudden it just got lifted off, and, you know, just everything felt brighter. I mean, today has been a gorgeous day. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. Um, you know, it's like, and I'll tell you, uh, nobody out there should ever feel bad about being happy about this because there are just some – 
incredibly evil people who don't deserve your empathy. And it's perfectly okay to celebrate when someone who is incredibly evil uh, gets a taste of their own evil, especially when it's something that's kind of their own fault. After months of downplaying the severity of coronavirus, after doing everything he could to discourage mask use, holding big rallies, uh, his family showing up at the debate without wearing masks and refused them when offered by the Cleveland Clinic. After all this shit, we find out at around 12.54 last night, I believe is when it broke, that uh, Donald Trump and Melania have tested positive for COVID-19, for coronavirus. And, uh, And since then, things have been moving incredibly fast. Before we get into a lot of deep meanings, let's just update in case you folks haven't been hitting, you know, uh, refresh on your browser, on your Google News tab, like I have been all day. Uh, Donald Trump and Melania were diagnosed. uh, They tested positive yesterday. It was announced late last night, early this morning. Uh, And now, uh, earlier today, there were uh, rumors floating around that Donald Trump was showing symptoms. Uh, And then they said it was very mild symptoms. Um, at one point, I realized it's been 16 hours since he's tweeted. I think he's got more than mild symptoms. And now we found out that White House doctors are calling it a moderate case, and they're taking him to Walter Reed Medical Center uh, as an extreme precaution. Uh, folks, I don't know how many of you folks out there are, you know, my age or, you know, that type of thing, but I remember back in the 80s, uh, whenever like whoever was running the Soviet Union, uh, whether it was Brezhnev or Chernyenko or any of those guys, whenever they were on their way out, whenever they were like pretty much on their deathbed, getting ready to kick the bucket so that the next person would move into their spot, it would always be announced that the, uh, that the premier has a cold and uh, is in the hospital. When you heard that the, that the Russian, that the Soviet leader had a cold, it meant that he was pretty much going to be dead within 48 hours, and that's what usually happens. And these days you really have to treat any pronouncements by the White House the same way, unfortunately, uh, because they're not going to tell the truth. They have an allergy to telling the truth that comes right from the very top. Uh, Trump is always trying to yeah. downplay absolutely everything. But the fact of the matter is mm-hmm. is that uh, the uh, – One thing that a lot of people don't understand, see, I'm a political geek. I've studied the White House. I understand all that they've got there. And it's not just a residence and a government building, but in the basement, there's a medical center. And it's not just, there's, you know, people hear about, people hear about the White House physician. There's actually a team of physicians who the official White House physician is the chief doctor of. But there's a team of physicians Mm -hmm. and nurses that work full-time in the White House Medical Center. And it's basically, if you want to know what kind of facilities they have, think of like an emergency room or an emergency trauma center. It was designed in case there was mm-hmm. ever like a terrorist attack on the White House and you had some bullet wounds or that type of thing that you'd be able to take care of it without having to transport the president or their staff to another hospital. Um, and, but it's an emergency room, and they can handle a lot there. They really can't. The things that they don't have in the White House Medical Center, are an, an operating room, which is why whenever a president even goes to get, you know, a, a mole cut off their, their ass, they go to Walter Reed for it. So there's no, there's no operating room in the White House, and there's no ICU in the White House. 
And him them him being taken to Walter Reed, going into the hospital is a is a a a, a level that they always resist against with uh, coronavirus with COVID nineteen. When somebody hits the hospital, that means their doctor thinks that they're going to probably need something radical, and uh, they want to make sure that all of the facilities are there for it. Uh, there is a very good article right now on USA Today about the falling off a cliff phenomenon, where some people who get who contract this virus, especially people with other underlying medical conditions, uh, can progress ridiculously fast, literally going from testing positive to feeling symptoms to going in the hospital to being on a ventilator within like four or five days. Um, So that's where we're at right now is that he just arrived at Walter Reed Medical Center. Uh, I haven't checked to see if he's tweeted or not. He's been described as having a, uh, a cough, a fever, uh, congestion, and extreme lethargy. Uh, he's been feeling lethargic for days, so it's kind of a question. Everybody assumes that he was infected by Hope Hicks. That's not necessarily true. She was just the first one right. tested. Um, and he could have given it to her. You never know. Or they both could have gotten it from the same person. Uh, the thing, too, right. that people should remember, too, is that another phenomenon with this disease is the fact that you can get in a bad way before you ever show a symptom. There are people who are showing little to no symptoms, and yet when they put a pulse ox on their finger, they find that their blood oxygen level is getting dangerously low because you know the, right. the inflammation is hitting the lungs first before it affects the rest of the body. So, you know, to transport Trump to the hospital is just, you know, there's not too many things that would lead that to that type of, uh, you know, finding that they need to do that. Uh, it's, it's, it's worse than they're telling us, okay? When, when Donald Trump is literally doing nothing all day, which is usually what he does, but usually he watches TV and tweets about it all day. When he goes all day without tweeting, that's a, that's a real sign that there is something seriously going on. Uh, the White House tried he to actually, say that he was going to continue. He, he actually has tweeted and said that he is fine, um, but of course, what else? Do you, what else would he say? Because he knows that we know he's addicted to his Twitter account. Um, right. So I think that he knew he had to say something, at least, right. or something on his behalf, uh, so that suspicion didn't rise that he was in worse shape than he perhaps is, or. <laughs> They at least don't want us to know just how bad off he is. Either way, uh, it's not good. I mean, I've seen a right. lot of stuff on, on you know, especially social media about how everybody is like, well, not everybody, but half the people are like, wow, karma's a bitch. And the other half yeah. are like, I don't believe he has it. It's a, It's a game to get out of the debate. And my feeling is, it's not a game to get out of the debate because there are easier no, ways no. for him to avoid a debate. Merely by saying, right. I debated you once, I don't want to do it again, it's rigged. The way he does everything. So I don't think he right. would have gone to such a drastic measure um, to, to try to screw everybody out of 
something so stupid as a debate. Um, right, and also another thing to think of about that too. He was already laying out his uh, his justification for avoiding future debates by saying that he saw no reason to change the debate rules because he's convinced himself right. that he won that debate. He's convinced himself yes, that yes. he showed that he was a big, tough guy and that Joe Biden was too wussy to be able to overcome his incredible force of personality. He's convinced himself he won. Uh, but if he if he was advised to not do any more, he was already setting up his excuse. The fact that everybody agreed that they needed to change the debate format or rules so that he couldn't be, have another 90-minute temper tantrum again, and he was saying that there's no need. He could have easily used that as his justification, saying, well, I'm not going to go to a rigged debate. You guys want to change the rules because right. I did so well last time, and I'm not going to let you rig this like you're rigging everything else. So unless you want to go with the original rules, I'm out. And, you know, that's exactly what right. he's setting himself up to do. This is not that. Right. So, exactly. So I mean, I've, got to t- I've got to take my friends to task because there were some posts on – you know, and it's not like it's out of the realm of prediction for some. I mean, right. anything is possible in Trump world. You know, a lot of people. Anything were he says could be a lie. Yeah. Of course, and a lot of people right. were posting on on things that I was saying, saying we knew this was coming because he's been. You know, we this guy said, oh, he's going to, you know, do this. Somebody had predicted it last month. Just because right. something that somebody predicted came true doesn't mean it's a hoax. I actually believe right. the man's sick because, let's face it, this has to be more embarrassing than backing out of a debate. Because, like right. you just said, he was setting up how to back out of it anyway. Why go? Why fucking have to admit that you've got the damn thing that you kept downplaying and... You right. know what I mean? Like, that makes you look even more stupid. Um, oh, and also, game. He, so, he's, had to, he's already canceled a couple, of his, a couple of his campaign rallies that he had had planned, yeah. and that just cuts his heart out because that is his bread and butter. That is his lifeblood. Yeah. That is where he goes to yeah. get his instant validation by his adoring cult members, and he's not going to give that up without a goddamn good reason. Yep. Yeah, and let's take and, and let's take a look. The Donald Trump is in his seventies. He's overweight. Uh, he lives on a diet of Big Macs. I literally think that if they did a blood test, they'd find gravy. Uh, the guy is not in good health, and he's he's destroyed his body from a lifetime of amphetamine abuse. He's always been fond of uppers. Uh, he was coked out of his mind in uh, the Hillary Clinton debates because that's how he gets ready to go into stressful situations. Um, you know, it's like you know, the only the only conspiracy theory I'm willing to entertain, and it's so outlandish that I just think it would be just so so fucking 2020 if it actually happened. Is that yeah? You know, mm-hmm. Donald Trump goes in the hospital. They say he died. They don't do an open casket funeral, and he turns up in North Korea in two months in permanent uh, exile to stay out of prison. But uh, that's a, that's about as far as <laughs> that's the only that's the only conspiracy theory I'm willing to entertain, just because it sounds like a really good South Park episode. But uh, you know, really, no, the guy has coronavirus. 
Uh, karma's a fucking bitch. Uh, and right now I am just, you know, in Donald Trump's terms, I'm telling my grave dancers, uh, the, the tango team, to do a tango on the man's grave. I'm just telling them to stand back and stand by. So, uh, oh, jeez. It feels good to say shit like that. God damn it! It's like it's like so. It's like I'm beginning to understand how the Italians felt about Mussolini at the end, okay, and why they did what they did to him. So, so just to, I just want to backtrack on a couple of things. First of all, right. as far as Donald Trump being on cocaine, um, I have no actual physical evidence to support that. It is a suspicion. As far as stand oh, yeah. back and stand down. Um, let's go ahead and, and tell folks what that all meant from the debate, oh, yeah. if you would. Of course, for those of you who didn't get through the debate, and I don't know how you couldn't have gotten through the debate. It was such a mellow, uh, civilized affair. Uh, I mean, if you're a Klingon, <laughs> it was a mellow, civilized uh, affair. Um, you know, it's like definitely full of tongue-chuck. But anyway, uh, when Donald Trump was asked to uh, to denounce white supremacy, uh, he played stupid long enough until he figured out what he wanted to say and told the white supremacists and the and the Proud Boys and all the militia groups. He didn't tell them to stand down. He told them to stand back and stand by. And uh, that and of course the Proud Boys and the militia incels took that as meaning get ready. I'm going to call you out to go and kill a bunch of people soon. And uh, as a matter of fact, they started making new T-shirts that Amazon has just refused their ability to sell. Thank goodness. Uh, the Stand Back and Stand By Crowd Boy shirts are not available on Amazon because Jeff Bezos, he may be a billionaire, but he's not a fucking idiot. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that was, that was right. part of that marvelous shit show of a debate. And let me tell you something. Um, they already have bumper stickers out that says, will you just shut up, man? Okay, that's, I want that T-shirt. Yeah. I mean, Joe Biden said that. Me he too. said that for all of us. He, he was mm-hmm. speaking for the – he united the American people by that. Yeah, we've all thought that. Will you just shut up, man? Uh, but, yeah. Yes. Uh, Even Trump supporters have said, you know, but I really wish he'd stop talking. I mean, if his own supporters are saying that, you know, it's it's very telling. Um, oh yeah. And I, I just I, I just can't get over how this is going. I think the gods are like, you know, it's funny because the Christians are like, oh, you know, we've got this. Trump's going to make sure that he stays in power and gives us everything we want. And our gods are kind of like, yeah, hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, then all of a sudden, on, a full, on the first night of a full moon, on October 1st, yeah. on a harvest moon, all of a sudden, Trump comes down with coronavirus. Hmm, sounds like some spell work some friends of mine have been working on. Uh, just saying. Just saying. <laughs> just saying. I'm not going to say definitely who, but you know, many have said. Many have said they wouldn't mind yep. if a Babylonian archdemon swallowed them up in hell. I'm not saying we're saying that, but some have said that, using one of Trump's favorite heard, rhetorical I've devices. Heard, I've heard people are talking about that. I, I've, I've heard yeah. that mentioned by 
smart, many smart people, many intelligent, many, educated people have been saying this. The best people, the absolute best, the best. people. Okay, are you? It's not a we, good witch or a bad witch. Yes. They're the best witches. That you know, and it's uh, what well, we've right. heard. We've heard this. Some have said this. So yes. <laughs> people oh, are talking. People are talking. <laughs> and you know what? Don't here, ask me. Here we go. People. Here, here's another. Here's another here's another uh, headline I'd love to hear if you know Trump gets a really bad case of it. I just you know some I want somebody to say that coronavirus just grabbed it, its own pussy. But anyway, uh, I mean, and I shouldn't be here all Schadenfreude about it. I am, but I shouldn't be. Yes, we are. But but, we, but you know we we have the decency to say, well, you know what? If we were dealing with you know somebody who was had a shred of decency or humanity, we'd actually feel bad about it. But good for us that he doesn't. I'm sorry, please. I want folks to remember that this is the guy that wants to overturn Roe v. Wade. This is the guy that if he could overturn same-sex marriage, he would. This is the guy that puts right. children in cages. This is the guy that separated families. A lot of those children are still not back with their parents and may never be because they were shipped to other states. Um, And also this is the guy who, this is the guy who's, who's ice department and immigration department lost thousands of immigrant children. And there are experts who are saying that there's a good chance that some of those kids have wound up in child sex rings, real ones, not the QAnon bullshit but actual ones because they've completely dropped off the map. Uh, and so, yeah. And it's like, this is the man whose uh, incompetence and ego led to, has led to the death of 200,000 Americans and climbing. Okay. This is a man who has blood on his hands. We're not just talking about court cases. We're talking about literal mm-hmm. blood on his hands and, you know, if coronavirus wants to move on him like a bitch, you know, it's like when you're a virus like that, you know, the stupid mm-hmm. people who won't wear a mask just let you do it, uh, then, you know, that's just, fuck, man, sow what you reap. I'm going to sit back and, you know, it's like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back and, and, and probably go to sleep tonight to the sound of Republican sphincters clutching uh, and tightening ever further all across the country. Because the last thing they want to do is try to sell Mike Pence to a bunch of hillbillies with guns. Uh. I don't know if they'll have that hard of a time merely because he's Trump's guy. Um, I think that now we've seen that people who run without Trump uh, don't get a pass. There were a lot of uh, cases lost or rather races lost, I should say. Um, when Trump was, well, actually for or against. I mean, if you tried to distance yourself, you never knew if you had a chance of uh, uh, right. winning your, your, your seat no matter what. Um, but it does, the magic of Trump, quote, unquote, doesn't always translate uh, to other Republicans. I think the biggest no. sphincter that's closing right now is probably the one on Mitch McConnell, because he hitched oh, yeah. his wagon to that star a long time ago. <laughs> so let me ask right. you a question on a more practical note with Trump currently being looked at. I'm assuming we're, you know, he'll be texting and uh, tweeting for the next 
uh, 14 to 16 days, I'm sure, uh, because <laughs> even just the quarantine alone is 14 days. Forget anything they might right. have to do for him at Walter Reed. What happens with the nomination now? What happens with the election now? Is this a viable reason that he can <laughs> claim to not have what happens no, to his Supreme Court pick in light of this? Right. See, now, first of all, as far as the election goes, uh, there's absolutely nothing that the executive can do to postpone the election. There is absolutely nothing that they can legally do to postpone the election. Um, and so the election is going to go forward. And basically, uh, you know, Trump's not going to step down off the ticket unless he is literally like in a medically induced coma or something like that. Um, it's really up in the air. I genuinely have no idea who Joe Biden is going to beat uh, next, no, you know, on November 3rd. Uh, and Joe Biden is going to beat Donald Trump. He's going to beat Mike Pence. It doesn't matter. Uh, support is baked in, and our side is turning out to vote. The, mo- the only thing that's been up in the air for me is how much of a mess would Trump make to try to stay in power after he's lost the election. And a weakened Trump, a medically weakened Trump, a lethargic Trump, somebody who you never know, uh, some people bounce back in a week or two. Some people have had COVID symptoms for eight months, and they still haven't recovered. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to tell. Yeah. Um, I, I really think that the one thing that this does is that the worse of a case he has of COVID, the more likely that the transfer of power is going to be peaceful, because I really think that you know, if Trump needs any help at all to get his messages out, if that tweet that got sent out that he was fine is something that someone else typed on his phone for him, there's not a lot of people who are going to call out the militias to start shooting people to try to keep Trump in power, uh, especially if for some reason Trump had to drop off the ticket, maybe because, you know, he's six feet under. Uh, I, I really don't think, I think Pence, even though he's a religious nut job, even though he's a wacko who's uh, tied his train to Trump, I think he's enough of an establishment-level politician that I think he would Uh probably wind up pledging a peaceful transfer of power should he lose. And if he does that, that's really going to dry up all of his support amongst the militia types and the hardcore right-wingers, the ones who are really aching to get into a shooting war because they know this will probably be their only chance. They're never going to have anybody this fucking stupid again uh, in their lifetime in the White House. I really just think, I don't, I think Pence would wind up uh, caving to the Republicans in Congress because let me tell you, even Mitch McConnell wants Donald Trump to lie and to pledge a peaceful mm-hmm. transfer of power, or Mitch McConnell wants him to lie and denounce white supremacists. Mitch McConnell's attitude is like, come on, man, it's not hard. We lie all the time about this shit. Uh, but Trump won't do it, and that really pissed them off. I actually think that there was something going on before all this COVID stuff broke that was starting to make some people in the Trump team very, very nervous. Because the fact that the one thing heard around the world from that debate is that Trump wouldn't denounce white supremacists and seemed to tell him to stand by in case he lost or something like that. Uh, that really reverberated through a lot of places that his hyperbole tends not to. And I don't, I, you know, I am sincerely wondering what Republicans in Congress have been talking about behind the scenes. 
Now, if Trump winds up getting taken out by coronavirus, we'll probably never fucking know. Or we're only going to find out in some tell-all book in a couple of years that, you know, other people are going to say is all lies and anything like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if there were, you know, people who uh, want to actually have a party after all this is all over on the Republican side who may have been conspiring to say, oh, you know, if, if he decides to start making trouble, uh, they'll maneuver around to try to 25th Amendment the guy uh, or something like that. There's all kinds of things that could have been swirling around that we're not really going to find out about now. But, uh, you know, it's it's really, I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, well, Hillary Clinton was ahead. Hillary Clinton was never ahead the way Joe Biden is right now. Joe Biden right, just went from a right. five to six to point average lead to a seven to nine point average lead. And this is steady. This has been the entire summer. This is the, the, the support is baked in. The people are going to vote for Trump are going to vote for Trump. The people who are going to vote for Joe are going to vote for Joe. And people who are going to vote for Joe are going to crawl over fucking broken glass to do it because we hate that son of a bitch so much. Even if they don't like yeah. Joe as much as other people do, they hate Donald Trump even more. So they're going to vote. Donald Trump is going to lose the election. He's not going to win the Electoral College while losing the popular vote. He's behind in Wisconsin, he's, which is he was supposed to go to two different rallies in Wisconsin this weekend because he's, he's fallen behind in Wisconsin. And he was hoping to win Wisconsin right. to make up for the fact that he's definitely going to lose Pennsylvania. Uh, but now all of that is gone. He can't go on the road. He can't whip up his supporters. He can't throw out the red meat in front of a crowd that keeps his people with him. So, right. you know, it's like you, you never know. If, you know, there's a very good chance that uh, a severely weakened, obviously weakened Trump could wind up causing even a slimmest fraction of his supporters to decide to go, oh, well, the guy ain't going to live long enough to do anything anyway. I'm not going to bother to vote. If he loses anything, we're going to see a historic shift in elections because, folks, we're through the looking glass here when it comes to elections. Shit is happening that nobody thought would happen uh, in, for years. Um, but Joe Biden is within one point in Texas. Joe Biden is within one wow. point in Georgia. Yeah, and Joe wow. Biden is within one point in South Carolina, a state Trump carried by 14 points in 2016. That's right. That's, That's and right. They're within the margin of error. Okay, this is those three states are statistically toss ups, Texas, Georgia, South Carolina. And, you know, people have been talking about Georgia for years. People have been talking about Texas for years. But South Carolina, that's got to be causing the Republican National Committee sphincters to tighten up to the point where they're only squeezing out raisins. Okay, they, that's got to scare them shitless uh, because of how badly things are turning against them. Um I mean, literally, and all of the Republicans running for the Senate are complaining that their opponents have a flood of money to overwhelm them with, but they can hardly raise money because Trump has poisoned the Republican brand so badly. And if you're in a state that yeah. has any decent, uh, if, if you're in a state that mandates any sort of decent reporting on political contributions, there's a lot of people who don't want to see themselves tied to Trump right now. Because they're seeing that the you know the SS Trump Tannic is going down uh, really really fast, um, so it's like you know 
we're looking at a possibility here where there's going to be a blue wave that just completely annihilates a party. And that is something that we haven't seen in a couple of generations. Well, and you mentioned all of the, the states that were normally very well read, um, as in the Republican column. What, is, what are our prospects now for the House and Senate? Well, the House is going to stay Democratic, and it's probably going to add another 10 to 15 seats, which is going to be Damn. a – it's going to be a majority that even the Tea Party didn't have. And uh, right. after this next election, we're probably going to see 60% of the entire Democratic delegation to the House be women or people of color. Uh, so that is just expanding beautifully there. Um, multiple political reports have moved the Senate from toss-up to leans Democratic because Lindsey Graham is in real real trouble electorally. He is fighting for his life right now. Um, And when Lindsey Graham is fighting for his life uh, politically, you know things aren't going well. Um, There are are rumors that some of the new internal polls being taken in Kentucky are seeing a 10-point shift away from Mitch McConnell. Uh, None of those have been published yet. Yeah, none of those have been published yet, but if those wind up starting to get published, that means that it all checks out. And a lot of it is directly down to the more Trump pisses off all of these suburban Republicans. Because, uh, you know, the, 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 the yeehaw ones are just totally fucking in his pocket. But there's still plenty of suburban Republicans who, even if they're just as racist as Trump, they're still just shocked that the guy doesn't do a better job at dog whistling it. Donald Trump's dog whistle is put through an amplifier. I mean, literally, Donald Trump's dog whistle is louder than a Motorhead concert. And it makes a lot of these people feel very, very uneasy. And, you know, like, you know, so basically it's not like they don't like the fact that he's racist. They just don't like him being so loud about it. And every time McConnell refuses, outright refuses, to even mildly rebuke Trump, um, which you'll notice, though, he actually did. After uh, Trump wouldn't promise a peaceful transfer of power, uh, the entire, pretty much all the Republicans in Congress said, yes, there is going to be a peaceful transfer of power no matter what happens. Uh, but literally, Trump, I mean, McConnell has rolled over uh, for Trump so often that even people who like the politics think that it's looking very unmanly of him. And uh and also the fact that Amy McGrath, every time Donald Trump, you know, farts or blows his nose, Amy McGrath, Mitch McConnell's opponent, raises another million dollars. Uh, and again, Republicans are just getting flooded. And uh, it's not going to let up. So, and especially since a lot of these Republican senators are begging for help from the National Party, but the National Party doesn't right. have it to give. Donald Trump has wow. looted the Republican Party. He has stolen $200 million worth of donations that were given to the Republican Party uh, and that wound up in his pockets. And he's still $450 million in debt, which shows you what kind of a shitty businessman he is. Um, but the Republican Party has been decimated. Half of it's not staffed uh, because Trump didn't like the people yeah. they wanted to hire, but he would never give them anyone else to hire, uh, kind of like what he's right. done with government. 
Um, I mean, yeah. you're literally seeing the Republican Party's been kneecapped by their own candidate. You know, we were talking yesterday on uh, on my other show, the Four Fifteen, and you know, it came up Aberdeen, uh, the golf the golf outing he has over in Scotland. Uh, yes, they're actually. Not, there might be racketeering charges that come up out of that. I wanted to get your take on that. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. There's, there's fucking blood in the water, and there's a lot of people. I mean, especially people who've had to deal with Donald Trump as a businessman hate him even more than the people who just have had to listen to his flyovations on uh, social media. Um, the, he doesn't do anything to the rules he's you know because he's a terrible businessman if he played by the rules he'd have even less uh credit that he can pretend that he's rich than he does now and the fact of the matter is is that you know if 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 scotland starts filing uh racketeering charges against trump uh there's a good chance scotland's going to split off from the uk and rejoin the european union if that happens, Trump wouldn't be able to go into any European Union, uh, any European Union country, without being arrested by Interpol and extradited to the member country that has charges against him. Um, even if he winds up resigning uh, and having Mike Pence pardon him for the federal charges and the federal income tax charges, the fact of the matter is is that New York is preparing a whole slate of indictments against him the second he's out of office. That's going to include state income tax evasion. So even if he gets pardoned for the federal stuff, he's still going to face state mm-hmm. charges, and those cannot be pardoned away. Uh, and every state in this country has extradition with New York State. So he, would liter- he is literally, if he, if he actually lives through this virus, he's going to have to mm-hmm. flee the country. I don't think Russia is going to take him. I think Putin's going to consider him to be a, a spent resource, and he's going to cut him loose. Uh, he'll, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised at all if Donald Trump wound up taking asylum in North Korea. So, and if that's the case, all we have to wait for him to do is to pinch the butt of one of Kim Jong Un's favorite, uh, favorite, uh, you know, uh, bedmates, and that'll be the end of Donald Trump there too. Uh, but literally, the noose is, is, is tightening around him. I, you know, that the thing, too, is that, you know, a lot of, in, in medicine, when people are dealing with life-threatening diseases, a lot of doctors will tell you, medical professionals will tell you that your outlook is important, that you have to really have a strong will sometimes just for your body to do what it needs to do, and that people who give up, winds up being the people who, no matter what they try to do, nothing works. Um, and you've got to wonder that if this disease progresses incredibly fast and takes him out, if a little bit of it isn't the fact that, you know, there's nowhere for him to go. Once he leaves office, he is going to jail. He is going to jail for the rest of his life. His children are going to jail, except for Barron. Um, you know, Melania Trump is probably going to get the jet in the in the divorce, and you know she'll she'll auction that thing off uh, for her nest egg, uh, or something like that. I mean, 
there is literally nowhere for this guy to go. So, you know what, if, you know, for the people who are worried about, like, you know, taking too much joy in his uh, downfall right now, hey, listen, just bide your time. It's going to happen. There's really no way around it. The only, the, the most dangerous thing is for him to try to start creating so much chaos that uh, people start wanting just an end to the gunfire, uh, which is uh, one way that he would, could try to take power. But I really don't think he's going to get the chance. I really think that even if he tries to call people out to take to the streets, the fact of the matter is, is that the only people in the White House who can carry weapons are the Secret Service, and they have pledged to follow the Constitution, which means that eventually right. Joe Biden is going to be president, and eventually they're, you know, Joe Biden is going to be able to order them to take him out at gunpoint of the, of, the, of the White House and put him in jail if they need to. So, I mean, there is nowhere left for this guy to go. So, you know, if, if you're not taking joy in his downfall right now, bide your time. You'll have other opportunities. Well, I, and to be honest with you, with the level of care that he is able to get, I'm not right. willing to I'm not willing to make that next jump yet because I think, you know, the kind of care you get as a government official period is right. going to be 10 times better than what you and I could ever afford. Um, so I'm not willing, I'm, I'm not willing to go so far as to say he's down and completely counted out. I, I don't count no. out a down dog until they're dead. Um, so, um, you know, and I don't know if that's actually going to happen. It's not, to, I mean, right. I don't need to pray for that or have feelings about that because I just want him to go away. And I do want him to go away peacefully. I I want the transition of power to be peaceful. That, to me, is the most important thing because I think when folks see that the the transition of power is going to be peaceful, they will be less likely, for the most part, to not want to shoot the, how do I say, opposing team, as it were. Right. So, I mean, I I and also, there will be violence no matter what. I do think there's going to be a level of violence yeah. and a, a level of threatening. Um, hopefully not as bad as it could be. Right. And also don't forget, for all the bliavating that all the Proud Boys have done, uh, one of the only people that has actually uh, pulled the trigger on one of their weapons was some dumb 17-year-old who didn't know what the fuck he was really genuinely, you know, I mean, yeah, he knew what he was doing, and he knew what he intended to do, and he should be tried as an adult, but, you know, people who are younger tend to be more idealistic and more likely to actually follow through on shit. So it's like, yeah. you know, it, for all of the puffing out that some of these groups have done, um, they're still, you know, they're, they're, they're still just, you know, they're still just acting tough. And I especially think that if you start seeing state governors calling out their National Guard, to arrest these guys and put them in jail, that'll be the end of their little revolution very, very quickly. And pretty much all Democratic governors have a game plan to to do this if they wind up having to do it after the election. They don't want to, but they're having to do it. Right. And, yeah, you know what? Right. You know, if, if, if Trump bounces back from this uh, disease and he just goes on to lose and he's removed from power, you know, yeah, we can – we, we certainly don't have to hope for anything bad to happen to him right now to see him go down in flames. I mean, once he's out of office, he's going to jail. So if you just want to be 
of folk who's saying, I'll just sit back and wait and watch the perp walk. And let's face it, I would yeah. love to see a perp I would love to see a perp walk. In fact, I hope Attorney General Hillary Clinton, uh, I hope Attorney General Hillary Clinton tells them to use cuffs on him, just fucking because. You know, it's like, uh, and him. let me tell you, wouldn't that out. make Republican heads explode? <laughs> yeah, right. I want an orange jumpsuit. I want him frog yep. marks. I want him in cuffs. I mean, yep. seriously, no I spray think tan. that's the least they owe us. No. Right, no, no spray, spray tan. tan. And, uh, and, and, and and take the comb over away from the bald spot. Let's see how big it really is. Uh, well, oh yeah. I mean, oh, personal yeah. humiliations aside, just the standard shit that he's guilty of is enough. You know, I mean, exactly. there, there's got to be some kind of a war crime situation somewhere that he's got his dirty little paws in. Um I mean, oh, he can, it's just been he the can most be, ridiculous. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, too, um, one thing to remember, too, is that he can be charged with crimes against humanity uh, in an international court for the stuff he's done, especially for the stuff he's done to immigrant families in the United States. And so, you know, after New York sentences him, to natural life, you never know. They could wind up chipping him over to the Hague to be tried there. We, you know, if he, you know, that's one reason to hope that Trump pulls through the coronavirus because then we could be treated to see him getting convicted in not one, not two, but maybe a dozen different courts of law in various states and countries around the world. Because uh, also, you know, that he's guilty of racketeering. Uh, he is yep. uh, guilty of associating with known terrorist groups in the Middle East to get funding for his hotels. Uh, he, is, uh, he has been associated with organized crime f- figures in Southeast Asia for his business interests yep. there. Um, so literally, mm-hmm. if Trump pulls through this, we could see him get convicted a dozen times. And gosh darn it, wouldn't that be fun? That would just be so much fun. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of would like to see that too. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, he's in his 70s. How much time does he really have left anyway? The fact of the matter is, is that there are instances in life where someone's discomfort and unhappiness to me is more important than giving them a quick, um, almost merciful end, I would think. Right. So. My feeling is is that I would much rather see him pull through and face charges. I would rather see him, you know, oh, yeah. actually have to pay for his crimes. I think, you know, when you get to be a certain age, death is kind of easy in some regards. You know what I mean? True. So, uh, True. He would, not, yeah, yeah, it, it would be the easy way out for him right now. Exactly. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to hate on the situation. I'm just going to watch it play out. Um, but in the last uh, 11 minutes that we've got, I I just wanted to know what's going on with you and your writing in the house and the everything that's happening before we uh, close out for the night. Yeah. Okay, real quick, a few updates here, uh, fun stuff. I am currently talking to a publishing company about putting my – 
I don't know if a few of you people out there may have ever read my short story I did about 15 years ago called A Solstice Gift. It's very witchy, very pagan, and takes place at the winter solstice. And I'm currently revising that short story because I'm talking with a publisher to be included in a holiday anthology that they're planning on putting out next month in ebook format. So that's very, very nice. exciting. Um, yeah, nice. and uh, as a matter of fact, I've got an entire mythic cycle with the characters in this. Uh, a family with uh, three young girls that goes all the way through all the entire wheel of the year and their entire teenage years. And it's this big concept. And, uh, you know, hey, maybe I'll have some good news uh, when we get together uh, next month. Uh, on that there, right there, maybe a deal to get that out there too. Um, you yeah. know, I am, I, am getting, I am getting ready to start shopping for a home again. So anybody in Northeast Ohio who knows a place with a couple of acres of woods, that's a fixer-upper, uh, go ahead and let me know. Um, but also, you know, one thing I've been doing lately, I, I've, I've, I've kind of withdrawn from Facebook again uh, by a large degree, except for the last, like, 24 hours, because uh, I haven't been going on a whole lot, because, you know, it's just getting too toxic and just way too much stupidity. Yeah. I've been hanging out on Twitter with all of my author friends, and I've been reading some really good books. Um, and I wanted to share a couple of books that I've read in the last week because in the last week I've read a couple of the best books I've read in a decade. Uh, and these are books that if you guys want to escape from all the craziness and stress and turmoil of the modern world, these two books are, I will highly recommend them. Uh, the first one is called Oil and Water. It's by Laura Ann uh, Dominic, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-K. This is the best vampire book I have read in 20 years. I absolutely wow. fucking love this book. Uh, it is a book. One of the problems I have is that normally when I read a book or watch a TV show, I see twists coming a mile away. I literally will figure out in the first 20 minutes of a two-hour movie what the big twist at the end is going to be or some big story beat. I always spoil things for myself. Uh, and this book yeah. surprised me with its twists not once but two times. Two times left me going <laughs> – Holy shit, you got me. This book is incredible. It's wonderful, uh, and I highly recommend it. It's only $2.99 in ebook format on Amazon. It's an independently published book, so you're helping an independently published author. Uh, again, Oil and Water by Laura Ann Dominic. And the other book that I've read recently is a lot of fun. It's a book called Threads of Fate. It is book one in a new series called the Vampire Reaper series, and it's by M.W. Arita. A-R-I-T-A. And this, if anybody out there is a fan of the old Buffy the Vampire Slayer vibe of action, comedy, romance, horror, all of that wrapped up into one big package, this book is for you. I was blown away by this book. The author is incredibly cool. We talk on Twitter now. Um, but Threads of Fate is a story about a young girl uh, who about a uh, around a teenage girl who finds out that she has some very peculiar uh, past and very peculiar abilities and enters into an incredible world that she never knew existed that has vampires and werewolves and all kinds of uh, magical creatures, uh, actual reapers who reap souls. It's got all kinds of cool stuff. It's really funny. There's one particular joke in there that's kind of an Avengers call-out. I won't tell you what it is, but it's so cool. When you read it and you catch it, I almost cheered. 
This is an incredibly funny book. She also has a couple of other series available that I'm starting to read next. So definitely check out Threads of Fate, uh, Vampire Reaper series, book one, by M.W. Arita. I read it in 24 hours. I, I wish she already had book two out. It's that good. Um, so, yeah, so definitely wow. check those out. And also, don't forget, Sorceress is still on sale. I got my second five-star review uh, last week. So, uh, you know, folks, uh, I'm doing a drawing right now. Review the book. Send me a direct message on Facebook or Twitter that you reviewed it with a link to your review, and I'll put you in a drawing to get a free Sorceress coffee mug with the cover art of the book <laughs> right there on it. So, because uh, we all, all authors need reviews. Uh, but yeah, definitely get a good book. Definitely, it's it's gonna it it it's a great way to escape. It really is, and um, just to put another point on it, and you guys are gonna hear me say this right up until the day of the election. Um, please vote. I know it's it's rough out there right now. Please take all the precautions you can. If you're able to vote in person, I know a lot of companies have now started encouraging uh, their employees uh, to go and vote by giving them the day off. My company in particular just announced this in the last month that they feel it it is important. Yes. And I hope other companies are going to follow suit. And I'm in North Carolina, folks. Uh, A bastion uh, but my my folks are forward thinking enough to realize that elections are important, and we need to have our voices heard. And again, as Towson and I had said to you four years ago, please remember the Supreme Court because the new appointee has not been appointed yet. There haven't been hearings yet. Um, we don't want the court to go completely conservative, which is what is going to happen if this person gets installed. Um, It's already too close together, and this is the tipping point that the conservatives have been waiting for. We tried to warn folks last time. A lot of folks didn't listen. Now you see what happens um, when you think it's safe to vote third party. Until there's a third party viable candidate, there's only two. If you want to make a third party happen, please do everything you can before an election happens to make it viable. An election year is not the time to make a third party viable. You've got to do the work before that. So please, please consider carefully who you're going to vote for. Democracy is literal. I mean, we we have said it 9,000 times. Oh, you know, the future of America is on the line. Yeah. But this time it's actually the republic itself that's on the line. Please remember Real, what will happen if we lose it. Quick update. I just you saw on my that. phone while you were talking there. Um, a member, I didn't see which one, but a member of the, of the, of the uh, judiciary panel, I believe the Senate judiciary panel, uh, a Republican member has just tested positive for coronavirus. So if uh, that could wind up delaying everything two weeks. So, uh, here we go, wow. folks. The roller coaster's going. Yeah. And uh, we will be checking in again with Talzin, uh probably election night at some point or the day morning after. 
because um, I will be around in Taos, and I assume you will be too. So perhaps oh, yeah. you, and oh, I, yeah. and I can do, you and I can do a morning after show if you're so inclined uh, just to review what has happened in the previous 24 hours. But until right. thousand and I are going to get out of here for now, and we wish you all a safe and healthy week and month. Get out there and vote. Early voting is starting. Get yes. to it, y'all. See you all next right. time. Same bad time, same bad station. All right. Talison is out. All right, folks, tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m., I have the amazing Patty Wigington. We are going to talk about her book, Badass Ancestors. And we are going to do a special show on Sunday with the amazing Christopher Hughes. Please tune in. That is going to be Sunday morning. Christopher and I will be talking about his new book and uh, the the Pagan perspective from overseas in Europe. And uh, I think it's going to be a great time. So hope you all have a wonderful night. Take care. See you tomorrow. Bye.